0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Gomology, podcast about clothes and stuff. Now, my guest today is coming in from Italy, so it's a bit of a treat. Cristiano, would you like to pre- introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Nick, and uh, I would like to say hi to all the people that is listening to your podcast. Uh, I am Cristiano. I am Alf, part of uh, First Pattern uh, brand. Mm, my part is uh, design and uh, Uh, I could say communication and organizing commercial and Sylvia is uh, my half part and she's not here today, she's uh, in production. Uh, So uh, she's looking manufacturing and uh, uh, she's looking also uh, the woman collection, woman capsule design. Uh, I am from uh, the hills of Treviso. Our location is in Follina It's a small town before the Alps so in the winery area where prosecco is made, so very nice place and very nice uh, uh, place to stay and work. Uh, it's not Milano, but we prefer this uh, uh, little area in the wood. Uh, very comfortable to to design and to and to produce our product. So
0: this now time. we'll get round to the brand that you are currently working on in a bit. But I'd like to start by talking a bit about your background. Of course. Because you are not new to the game, are you?
1: Yes, yes. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I start to, to be interested in this, in this uh, business at the age of uh, 16, to be honest, around the early, the early years of 80s. Uh, everything starts because uh, uh, my mother uh, was owner of a small, uh, how do you call, a small shop uh, in the village where she sell, I don't know, buttons, uh, cut of fabrics, uh, uh, wool, uh, you know, those wool when you can make your tricot yourself and so on. So I would be, a little bit uh, into this business, but not the manufacturing business. Only uh, fabrics, materials, and so on. Uh, never, never tough to to um, to work in this business. To be honest, because my studies in it was on uh, mechanical design. I was in a school that teach me, uh, you know, drawing part of motors or this kind of things. So never tough to be. I have to say that this school. Teach me a little bit of the technical of design in some way. It helped me a lot uh, in designing uh, one cloth, one clothing uh, in a technical way. Not only you know like, as a draw, uh, I can say art draw, but very technical in some way. This school helped me. By the way, uh, at the age of sixteen, my mother looked at me and, and she looked that I was uh, really interested in reading magazine. She had uh, in she had there, especially for women. But I start to buy one, one magazine that was called Per Louis. I show to you, you can see it. This um, this magazine was, uh, this, is a, this is from 82 or 83, I think. It was one of the first, it was a very important magazine for me because that magazine for the first time in Italy introduced to me something that I never saw. I saw for the first time American traditional, Ivy League um, products that it was not easy to see in Italy. This completely became of my interest. I cannot afford this product because they was very expensive. But in some way, this lead me to uh, try to search day in some vintage store and so on. So day by day, I I will be very interesting in this uh, in this kind of uh, in this kind of team now the team of fashion the team of uh, design uh, learning what there was behind these amazing brands that i see so my mother said to me why you could not you, why you don't come to me in this little school there is in treviso where she was teacher of pattern making and uh, i started like with this. i go in the school i try i design I, for two years under the teaching of a tailor, and he tried to teach me everything about fabric, about uh, uh, manufacturing. After this, uh, I have uh, mm, I have worked as an assistant designer for some design office in the early in the end of eighties, beginning of nineties, and then I start to be a consultant. After this experience in the design office, when I work for several brands, I have uh, start like a uh, uh, consultant for company and my work in this um, as a consultant concerning the creation of concepts uh, the design of products in, in in several fields from children to women to men to graphics. a lot of graphic design because i will say one thing i never imagined uh, the, the designer only designing clothes in my idea and i try to make this with the first pattern The designer should be able to have a total control even on the concept of the brand, design their labeling, design their buttons, design everything as we do in First Pattern. Since even the the manufacturing label with the composition of fabric is designed with a special manufacturing, salvage labels, and so on. This kind of uh, total control uh, was, uh, very important for me. So when some some customer contact me for a consultant or generally I tell I don't give you design of clothes. <laughs> I give you the wall, the wall story of the product. This is for me is a is a designer in this moment. And this is my background. I was always be this. This is the background of the design Cristiano Berto designer. First part is another story.
0: <laughs> so it really started with your mother's shop, and then it sort of went on with the American magazines you were looking at.
1: Italian magazine, to be honest. It was an Italian magazine. Italian magazine yes. of
0: American styles. Yes,
1: yeah. Italian magazine so, about this kind of uh, American traditional seeing by Italian eyes. Because this magazine, I'm sorry I, I didn't explain very well, this magazine was, a, uh, was um, issued by the same uh, Conde Nast group, for, I think, uh, five or six years. Then they quit it. Probably it was not good for the Italian. You can imagine it was the Italian version of Japanese magazine, like Popeyes, or like a second magazine, or Clutch magazine. It was that Italian version in the 80s. But it didn't succeed. Probably <laughs> probably was not sellable. Too much advanced.
0: But the styles
1: they were showing then was very different from what was popular in Italy at the time. Exactly. exactly. Totally different because uh, I never saw, even now, one Italian magazine showing an Ivy League blazer or uh, one vintage hunting jacket or, uh, I don't know, uh, some, some image of products that... Uh, are, uh, for example, you can see it. This was something shown in, in the in the 80s. Here you see blazer like this, Basque watch with a stripe uh, tag, a chino pra- chino, uh, you know, vans. So this kind of things. It was a blazer for you. So never show this. All in Italy at the time, even in the 80s, you could see Gucci, Vuitton. Giorgio Armani, that, that is my favorite design, of course, but this kind of Italian fashion. You could not see American traditional fashion. This magazine tried to offer this vision. It was unbelievable for me.
0: Yet most Italians are will only want the Italian style. Absolutely. Nothing else.
1: Yes, this is true. This is true. Because I have to say that the in the now it's more easy. or I think starting from the early 2000s, it was more easy to find a Japanese magazine. Uh, There was a high uh, interest of the people because even internet helped a lot to understand better heritage style, American traditional, and this kind of things. And in some country, uh, there was a huge uh, interest in that product, original products made in USA, we, we have to think that this in Japan, it was since the 70s, <laughs> because I have here in my office, a lot of Japanese magazine of the 70s that I collect over the years. And in the 70s, they show Red Wing, they show uh, American, uh, I feel some hunting jackets. Uh, they, they, they invented this uh, heavy duty style, you now mixing Ivy League and outdoor style together. So they was really advanced. When this magazine from Japan arrived in Europe, they changed totally the games, I think. And more people was interested to know. We also have to say the distribution of that product product changed. At the time, in the 80s, there was only one distributor in Italy. It was WP Work in Progress was the name of the distributors. Uh, for some period, he worked also for Vorich, uh, for uh, Timberland, uh, um, I think other brand like Hawkins for shoes, kind of brand that you didn't see here, Barbour. And they was the only distributor in Italy for this brand. But of course, the price was ugly, really unaffordable for normal people. So even this was because if you have to buy, I don't know, Giorgio Armani, uh, Armani jeans, I would like to say, no jackets, for let's, let's imagine 300 Euro at the time, uh, one bar would cost 500 euro. So the people prefer to buy. They are Giorgio Armani because it was more a brand. But original products was um, only for the people who look forward, not for the people that looking for fashion. This is <clears throat> changed, of course. Now everybody can have everything. It's totally changed. So is the reason why probably now is necessary to. To start a design something different no something with a new vision instead to try to bring a continuation of the original uh, products because the original is original you cannot copy you cannot uh, clone you cannot uh, try to be at the same level i always say this because sometimes the people ask me why you as you as your um as you have learned a lot of the original products, as you have a, your archive and you study the product, why you don't make a beautiful replica of a 65 jacket? Why you don't make a beautiful replica? I say, I don't see the meaning to make the replica of a... First of all, there is a lot of interesting companies, like Real McCoy, that are the best in the world. So why you could try to follow the number one <laughs> that... that for? 20 years of study how to make the best M65. So it's not a good business for me. <clears throat> and the second, I think that a designer have to see the, the product which is personalized, not uh, the um, the heights of the market, no? Because I imagine my customer looking for something different. They, they probably want to buy uh, another kind of field jacket, just to name one or another element of blazer. So sometimes the changing is not the design, is the fabric, is the fit, is the, the way you see. Another simple example <coughs> could be, sorry, could be the blazer. When we launch the blazer, our blazer, we launch it in a fabric that was never used to make a blazer uh, in that way. It was a special wool you, you you own one of my blue blazer, and especially the blue blazer with the. <coughs> Ivy League style with uh, uh, copper, uh, brass buttons, was always made in a classic cloth, in a classic uh, fabric. Nobody attempted to do in knit, but not like a sweatshirt, like a tailored. So in some ways, it's uh, really modern because it's uh, uh, looking like is a, a technical garment because the wool is very technical, it's a thermoregulatory, it's comfortable, it's stretchy. But at the same time, when you wear it, it look heritage. it look traditional. This, in some way, this is a kind of a first part. I want to say, want to talk about the traditional product, established product, by a view totally different. We try to do this.
0: So looping back to when you were working for the other people as a designer, yes, how was that? You clearly had ideas beyond what was saleable in italy was this part of the reason you
1: only worked for others for a period now yes the, the experience uh, with other company that I, I told you include different market different level of product from the cheaper to the expensive it was really interesting for for several reasons so firstly uh, i was able to see uh, how teams work because you know when i work as an assistant designer in a studio i was only able to see the the, my 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 boss and me working for a company but all the relationship was doing by the boss so i didn't go to the company with him only rarely generally i was in the studio i take care of everything i make my part on the studio and he when i was a consultant I go to the companies. I talk with the manufacturing department, with the commercial department, with other people. It was very interesting because for the first time, I could see with my eyes what's happened into the company. It was totally different from my imagination. (laughs) I think in my imagination that the companies uh, hire one designer because they want something from this designer. They want uh, ideas. They want... I realized that they didn't search this. To be honest, they they want a designer that brought there a lot of prod, desi- drawings, uh, and in the in the time this changed in in a in a very bad way. I think because in the latest consultancy I do, they didn't ask me to draw. They asked me go to buy things from the other company and show to us what is in fashion so we can copy. I say this is not my job. I am so sorry. But they see me, every designer we have, even the best name work this way. They make the so-called shopping. So they give me a credit card and tell me, please go to buy. I say, I can't. (laughs) I can't do this because I don't know how something I could buy today could be good for the next season that is one year later. So from one side, I have an amazing experience with some company that really give me white paper in italy we say white paper so you can you can do everything they really tell me cristiano bring what you feel don't worry we work on this and we try to transform this is in a commercial way good for the market but it was interesting because sometime i discuss with the marketing department they say to me oh this is not sellable it's too advanced i remember i think it, it was 2004 or 2005 <clears throat> uh, I show some kind of uh, fit uh, bigger for trousers. That company mm, is too bigger; is not sellable. But they they are sellable because there is a market for this. So, <clears throat> other company didn't have this approach. So, at the end, uh, I found it very complicated to work for as a consultant because <clears throat> you have to be able to. Um, to set some compromise that uh, uh, is very hard if you <clears throat> if you see that the decision of uh, uh, agents, uh, commercial departments uh, is a damage for the, for the health of the company. Because many times I fight with them and I tell you, look, this is wrong. You are doing something that next year will not good for your market. And it results exactly like that. But you cannot fight every time with, this, with these people, no? They have only a vision for tomorrow morning. They tell me, oh, tomorrow morning, slim fit is good. Wow, yes, tomorrow morning. But you are you me to work for the next year. Next year, maybe there is something else. And so many times they tell me, okay, what is sellable? I say, I, I'm not a magician. I don't know. I can imagine. I can study the market. I can study forwarding. Uh, trends uh, and i can tell you this, this this could be interesting for the market this is the work of a designer no by the way i have to say every consultancy teach me something every consultancy good or bad but teach me something and this led me to understand the changing of industry the changing of industry is was very huge in the latest uh, 10 years i think in the la- when 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 first pattern started at the beginning and at 2011, I really see what what was the changing of industry. Totally changed. I I can say like uh, uh, eons, <laughs> uh, not years, eons for me because I see an amazing change from a the de- from 2000 to 2010 and after 2010 until today. I think it had two different eras for several reasons, but was a a, a, complicated, uh, uh, a complicated process helped by the beginning and the burn and the birth of streetwear of influencers of um, uh, this uh, the, the rise of the new generation of French brand like uh, uh, you know Balenciaga uh, these kind of people make an incredible influence uh, to the to all. The market, and this was even hit the heritage and uh, traditional, where because many of the things this uh, new uh, I can I can say new because it's not the Balenciaga of the beginning. It was uh, uh, the beginning of a new generation, like uh, the new designer Demna Gvasalia and many others. They brought from uh, the traditional. Uh, product, the traditional style thing. Not they brought from our field the field jacket, the cargo, the chino, uh, sport jackets, uh, uh, outdoor style, and they transforms completely. In some sense, we have to admire them because they they really redesign fashions. But at the same time, they create unbelievable confusion in the market because everybody was hit. But this. Uh, Total different way, and uh, uh, the the um, difference from authentic and traditional product and fashion, advanced uh, style was uh, impressive and create a confusion. So many company now are confused by this, and it's not uh, it's not uh, uh, hard. It's not it's not uh, it's not. Sorry, my English sometimes is a, is a little bad, but it's not. Uh, uh, I I could see is often often you can see uh, that confused company try to make both products in the same collection. Maybe some kind of oversized uh, outdoor jacket. At the same time, they have a traditional uh, pants in the collection. So they could not match in the same collection because they try to follow every kind of of customer. So it it was totally changing. Because I think in the early 2004, the middle part of 2000s, I feel and I see company was really uh, focused on their product. They don't try to be kind with everybody. They try to be focused on their product. Now only few, I think they became and they uh, they con- they stay on track. many of of the company try to to move and to see what is the best opportunity to to sell, of course, because business, Everybody wants to sell, but you have to also be too consistent with your story.
0: How did the influencers play into this?
1: Uh, you, you mean about um, my brand or about uh, the...
0: No, well, about how um, you were mentioning how everything changed with the yes. streetwear came in yes. and Balenciaga oh, okay, influencers and so forth. Yep.
1: Influence for, for, for that changing, I, I tough it was a uh, it was um you we can we can divide in two parts the influence of uh, uh how can i can say the needs of that brand to to change totally their philosophy to to be more modern and on the other side we have to say the style that influenced that brand so in the first part we had uh, the Needs, as I said, they um, to change uh, the rules because all that brand, if you remember, Vuitton, Balenciaga, uh, I remember, I can remember Christian Dior, all that change from the All the, all the image they have in the past when when they was the original designer, or until the designer was alive. They understand they could not continue the tradition of that designer. So they try to hire very young designer, and they give them, do what you want, uh, make a make a uh, big impression to the people. So we remember uh, the born of slim feet, uh, the born of black again in the market, um, uh, a lot of new designer that we never heard, and we didn't know where they come. They was very young, twenty years old, twenty five. They did. They have was uh, you know treated with uh, uh, amazingly private jet, and uh, you can do everything. You can have the best uh, hotel. You can have a lot of money. So they was totally free. In this way, they they completely renew the French brands. Italy was not good to do this. Italy arrived ten or twenty years later with uh, <laughs> a new vision. So. This is very important. French was very strong to understand how to change their very old image. Influence of product, I think it was doing because that the did this new designer was very young. So they was they go in the vintage stores. They read uh, Japanese magazine. So this is why probably they brought from the original authentic style the. Field jacket or the outdoor jacket, no, the 6040 jacket or old uh, Patagonia, um, you know, fleece things like that, and they was able to reinterpret in in a in a totally different way. So again, uh, the influence come from, to be honest, the original product field, come from the heritage. Uh, the traditional american american traditional and uh, this kind of uh, products but was brought in the fashion in the fashion look if we imagine how the oversize, have conditioned the fit of the product in the latest two or three years it was unbelievable because if we talk about outdoor style uh, we have to to think that many of the companies that are now offering oversized uh, down jacket with, uh, I don't know, 25 pockets, and all these kind of things that look uh, uh, impossible not to, to imagine even three years ago, come exactly from the trend of the Balenciaga or this kind of uh, designers. So in some way, they brought from the original outdoor style some ideas. They put in the high fashion luxury uh, streetwear and come back to us (laughs) influencing the uh, normal brand. I never saw, like in the last two years, uh, the rise of uh, outdoor style brand. That uh, technical fabrics, oversized feet, uh, shoes. Uh, Imagine how many shoes are born that we would never wear only for, we would like to wear only when we go to make trekking or, or, or running, but now they are with suit and with it. so this influence i think is a contamination from both worlds and uh, is uh, the result of uh, this kind of uh, how can i say um, process created even by influencer by internet by instagram and a lot we, we there is a big responsibility of social networks of the rise of this i don't know if it's good or bad i, I cannot judge this i don't have uh, any any uh, any authority to tell if it's good or not, but for sure is uh, is uh, interesting because uh, uh, if you are able to think with your head, no, with your brain, if you are able to, uh, in some way, uh, recognize what is a real uh, quality, what is real, uh, what what's there behind, and not only the influence of the brand or the or the or the or the influencer that show this, you can really uh, t- learn. You can really le- you can you can create your own uh, your own style, mixing all the things together. It's it's not uh, com- easy, but could be. In the past, only one magazine could give this. Like uh, it was happening in the 80s and in the early 90s, there was only magazine. Magazine was uh, editorial uh, controlled, so every month there was a team. And every month you see something new and you have to build your uh, your your style uh, cutting off pages putting on the wall of your room <laughs> and imagine how to replicate this style no? now you have everything on your on your mobile phone and every day you can create a beautiful uh, wallpaper of uh, pictures and uh, imagine i know some customer of our customer of the of the of our e-store doing this they create uh, they they create this kind of collection of uh, items they like. And this is amazing, I have to say. Really interesting.
0: Um, were you a contemporary of
1: Massimo Osti? And how did he fit into that? Uh, I met Massimo Osti, to be honest, in the past. But uh, I'm not contemporary. He was older than me. He was older than me, sorry. And uh, I met him one time only in the, I think it was eighty eight because uh, one of my boss, when I was assistant designer, has a store. In his store, he sell Chippy Company, Stone Island, and this. And one day he brought me to, uh, to uh, one session of buying for the season. So I go with him and he was buying a Massimo Hosti, uh collection, Chippy Company. So I was able to meet uh, for some time, I think one hour or two, uh, and see some collection why you make the order for the season. So yes, uh, Massimo Osti, in my opinion, is the father of everything about uh, how to redefine the original products better than any other. I think all us, including some interesting Japanese designer, very famous in this moment or other designer, we are child. Ch- it's a songs. Of Massimo Osti ideas, because nobody in the world, I think, could uh, uh, or can be able to reproduce the absolutely uh, care and uh, methods of Massimo Osti. I I still I'm influenced of this. Sometimes when I show my collection, some people tell me you talk too much. You you, you tell too much about your product. No, you tell detail. Buyers are not interested. I say, why buyers are not interested? Buyers should be interested. Because when I go to see this collection, and when I see Massimo explain to my boss, one jacket, I really see he tell this is the label, this is the fabric, this is the this is the way we stitch, this is the way this is the source of the fabric. I make this kind of uh, uh, personal uh, uh, garment dyed, and so on. So the relationship from the buyer and the designer, it was this telling the product. <laughs> so this influenced me a lot because I learned sometime, and, and my boss was exactly the same because my boss. When I worked for him, it was a, a designer of uh, shirtings. This is why shirts for me are very important. He, he was exactly like this. He was a designer when we make the PT Womo in the early 80s, in the middle of 80s, and so on. He he, uh, he explained the product. Every detail was explained. And also, we we teach how to explain the product to our agents, sales agents. Because sales agent, commercial department, in my opinion, now they are they have a, first they have a lot of products in their showroom, so they cannot lose time to tell everything. And this for me is a very bad because sometimes there is brand that you can sell without tell nothing because they are established, they have some name, they make a collection already know, and so on. Other brands like First Pattern need to be told. So the time you spend to go into the details is very important. And it it is essential for me because especially if we think about Massimo Osti, his product was not uh, only a design, it was everything because every single detail was working to an explication and description. And this is uh, the father of of all our... When today we read in uh, in post or we read in uh, interview uh, designer that tell... I have do these things. I, I, inside me, I laugh a little bit because I say it was due 30 years ago by Massimo. <laughs> exactly this is not new. It's not, uh, There's not it to invent, to be honest. I mean, if, especially I told by myself, I, I, everything I do come from Italian teachers, Italian fabric manufacturer, Italian bottle manufacturer. Everything I do is depending from them from the experience I had with them, not from my invention. My work is not to invent. My work is to take something and interpret in my way and put on my products, starting from something that an artisan invent or, a I don't know, a tailor create or, I don't know, one finishing of a button could be interesting. I, my work is how I can Use this in my in my brand, and now I can do it. This was a lesson from Massimo Austin, absolutely.
0: Interesting. Now, um, if we go to 2011-2012, you decided with your partner to start First Pattern. Exactly. What was the reasoning behind this?
1: The reasoning was, uh, I think... Uh, the main reason I have to say it was like a revenge in some way. At the time, <laughs> I was uh, I was really tired. not to be um, to go in the company, brought them design, brought them ideas. Work from one season. After they tell me, "Oh, we could not continue the collaboration because uh, uh, your design is too advanced. Your design is not sellable." And after I I saw. For five years, they worked with that design. <laughs> so I say it's unbelievable now, because they hire they one designer. They take everything they can. They quit the collaboration, and they use this material for a long time. Because it yes, it was advanced, but it was an investment for me. No, So I want to work with you a lot of time, not only one season. So it was a kind of revenge. Many of that company. This is something I want to tell you to you, Nick, because you know you are an insider, and I I, I really tell this uh, this little secret to you. Uh, many of the people in the indeed in, when I do consult, that yeah, you are great. You have a beautiful design. I love your design, but it's not sellable. It's not sellable. It's not possible. When I offer some fabric, ah, uh, this fabric is not sellable. So the. F- if you want to know really what to drive me and Sylvia to start this, is what to see, okay, let's see, is what we do is sellable. <laughs> because it's easy not to offer to another company, but you don't invest your money in this. So I say, okay, let's invest our money, let's invest our face to see if our idea is valuable, Is fee to see if we can sell our product. And in fact, we sell it a lot. <laughs> so it was a show to, it was uh, uh, the fir- the first season. Showed to us that the the way was correct. You have to show to the people and to the buyers something different, something different, something that is. Uh, you have to, to to invest. You have to risk. So the first season was a risk, totally risk, because uh, the company that produced our product was uh, in some way uh, in cooperation with us. They they offered to produce the product. We, we was in charge of the owning the brand, commercial department, and design. And they was in charge to produce it. But when we arrive after the first trade show in Japan uh, with the, with the Yuki Matsuda, that was our uh, our distributor in the beginning, uh, Yuki brought us in Japan, I remember. He tell me, Cristiano, yeah, I have a space in my showroom. Do you want to come with your brand? I, I go there. But when we come back with these small orders, the company refused to produce it, because they say it's, too, it's a small order. We, we cannot produce it. It's really expensive. You, you lose a lot of money. So me and Sylvia, look, I remember it was four, 4 in the night. We we say, what we do? We go on, or we quit the first season? We say, we go on. <laughs> so we produce it. We lose a lot of money, as the company say, of course, because to produce, I think it was 200 pieces, you lose a lot of money, eh, minimum quantity, minimum quantity for fabrics, for manufacturing, but we didn't care. If you believe in something, you have to insist and to, and to go on. So this was the beginning. The revenge against the market, to be honest, and the, not the market, to the marketing people, <laughs> and the, uh, and the passion to see if our idea could work. And we think they could work.
0: And from then, has it been plain sailing, or
1: uh, has it the, been tough? The, the sale. It was, of course, it was increased. It was increased season by season. Uh, we we expand our our market. At the beginning, it was only it was only uh, Japan. It was the, the main market. We had uh, three or four customer, Japanese customer, the, the usual name. Now, Beams plus uh, United Arrows, this kind of customer, and some are very small. The very small continue to be our customer. The bigger, the bigger name stay one or two seasons, then they change. I think it's because they, they are always looking for something new. And uh, probably uh, it's too fast the way they change the brand they have in their store. By the way, the small store, the independent store, was still our customer, even from 10 years. So it was interesting to see independent store remain uh, loyal to the brand if you give them uh, innovation assistance support of course quality is the first things consistency is the first things and I always say if you are able to maintain the promise because if you promise to be uh, reliable honest uh, to give their to uh, delivery what you tell they remain loyal. If you are not honest and you'd say, I give you this product, but you fail to give that product, they of course change. But we increase. We had more customer in Europe. We have a, uh, we don't have a big success in Italy, to be honest, only a couple of customers in Italy. Uh, Italy market is really complicated to be honest. Uh, Italy market, in my opinion is a, is a market where our store owners are really influenced, by the name of the brand, by the name of the brand, and by a kind of uh, uh, marketing system that is not possible for small company like us, artisanal company like us, because a company with a certain established position, they have maybe warehouse, manufacturing a lot of pieces, uh, cheaper price, and so on, are able to give a commercial. Um, Commercial conditions that are very, uh, very, um, how can I say, are very workable for stores. So they can send back the product they don't sell. They can buy and pay very late. Things like this. Italy is a market really based on this kind of business. European market is totally different. But Italian market, you have to be very big. You have to have a warehouse available. You have to have uh, uh, an agency, for example, an agent that uh, uh, collect the money, go there, show the products, is too complicated. To be honest, it's too complicated because generally we, we work with the best agency in Italy, but we didn't have any result. Only because probably we are not able as a small company to fulfill the needs of the market of these stores that uh, start with a big enthusiasm. So I remember the first season, wow, amazing. But then when you I remember one store, particular store, I thought it was a really clever in product. But we had a, a trousers in the past that was called record trouser, you know, with a chink, you can you can move your waist from uh, to from a one size and a size and a half to like the original military pen. No? So if you wear with some tuck some uh shirt uh, tuck uh, you can a little bit change your waist like many companies have this but we do really some company do it but it's a fake it's only a detail <laughs> we do it really no one well, size up you can close with too bad they send back because they say the waist is not good i say look but you understand that this waste you can ah no 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 we don't like this kind of things so just to tell but they have the best <laughs> brand engineered <laughs> garments uh, uh Filsone, uh, but they didn't understand our products i don't know so we decide to work in italy only with those stores that really love our products really feel it and they are able to uh understand the, the concept behind the first pattern and so the market increased and we had uh, I have to say we are satisfied in this moment from this situation. I have to say that the e-commerce give us another boost because, again, I have to say, uh, retail market in this moment uh, is very confused. Not only by the COVID, the COVID makes some changing, but not uh, in my opinion don't doesn't the, the changes start before COVID. Uh, I feel. Even the best store we have in Europe are uh, a little bit confused because many new brands arrive in the market, uh, especially in the denim field. Uh, new newcomers of the world of denim, new com- newcomers in the outdoor style, newcomers in uh, uh, in traditional or in this kind of product. Uh, they offer manufacturing in Portugal that is cheaper. They offer. Uh, manufactured in, uh, in Europe, but not, of course, in Italy. What is made in Italy is not uh, made with uh, expensive fabric like us. Like So I mean exclusive fabric that we project and we realize close to here in 40 kilometers, 50 kilometers from here. So it's a totally different business, but uh, they offer good price, interesting style, aggressive commer- a commercial uh, appro- approach, uh, approach. So, in this moment, there is too much offer, and it's complicated for established brand to compete with these aggressive newcomers that maybe could last one year, maybe could last 100 years, I don't know. They are almost new, five or six years old, and they arrive very, very aggressive. Uh, What I see is a big difference is the e-commerce. E-commerce is totally different. E-commerce is the final customer that decide. And the final customer know very well what they want. They they cannot be driven by the shop owner that show maybe some brand because they have high margin on this brand or they show this brand because it's more sellable in their mind. And they avoid to show probably other products. The buyer of online products Study what you want to buy. This this is another aspect. We have very, I think it's around zero, 0.1, 0.2 returns. It, it, for me, it means something, no? Because it means that when they receive our product, they are happy. They have studied. They have read the measures. They see the measure is exactly what we write because we measure every item before to ship. If it's not the measure, we didn't ship. We ship another one. Okay. Um, they ask me a lot of things. I receive a 20 or 20 emails every day of buyers that ask me, uh, oh, I want to know better of this pr- this fabric. Uh, how is the best fit for me? My size is this. In this brand, I wear this. I love to wear this, because I can help them. But every start, because for one week, two week, three week, they study my site, and they see they want to know everything. so. Sometimes I discuss with an important retailers in Germany and they tell me uh, we don't have time to, to talk with the people as you do. I say it's a mistake. Because uh, is the, probably this is the way they don't come in your store. <laughs> this is the way because if they come in your store, they don't 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 learn, don't, don't know nothing of about the product. Uh, when the, so this is uh, and another important thing I have to say is the I call it the matter of uh, uh, interest, matters like a measures of interest uh, these measures of the interest of the customer is very important because again buyers, uh, retail owners, they have one meter of the interest of the, of the customer that is uh, based on a different perspective from uh, mine. <laughs> when, I <clears throat> when I see that, statistically talking, some of our worst selling in retail are the best seller online, tell me something. I tell to me that the retailer didn't know what the people want. Because we have items that the retailers say to us is not sellable, that is the best seller online. Look, for me, this, this meaning that the same buyer in Holland or in uh, Jakarta or in Hong Kong or in French that actually buy in our store, uh, if found that product in the store, would buy it in the store because he could try, he could see. But if they didn't found that product in the store, they have to buy online. So I learned in this 10 years that uh, retail is something. Uh, The final customer is totally different. And my advice is, I would like to give to retailers, be more brave. Be more brave to offer innovation. Don't look only sellable, not sellable. Look even that your window could attract the people. Your window should tell the story of your store. We have some stores that are the best in this. I don't want to make names here because every have some particular uh, specialization. But we have some that are amazing in this. There is a store in Japan that every single item, not only of first pattern, but every single item of this, of the brand you own, have a special label in paper, tag, right by the owner with the story of the brand, description of the product, every single item. When I was there, I see all the item was was explained in the single detail. Name of designer, history of the designer. So this is unbelievable. It's not things put on a rail. They are able to tell the story. So for me, retail should totally change their way of work. Totally, absolutely. We will see the end of retail store if they don't be able to to become storytellers storytellers of the product they own not not only for one product but storytellers. is not important you <clears throat> you make nice story on instagram no this is not the way this the most important is they are able to tell the story of the store and show to their customer they make research. of course it's an investment of course uh, uh something you sell and something not say even we we also have something that we produce for the store and we don't sell for probably it's not good but it's an investment you have to do so the same is for a store now you cannot only buy the things you are sure to sell because your store became like a a supermarket (laughs) you have to be brave to invest and two, in Italy, if you have a store that sells only spaghetti, wine, and uh, tomato, you sell everything. But uh, you have to be brave to offer also some different food. No, I mean, this is a stupid example, but it's very similar to store. I, go to, I have seen some stores in Europe that have, everybody have the same, everybody have the same, even in the same city. So what's the interest of a customer that go in a store and see every season always the same product? Always the same. They didn't see nothing new. <clears throat> so, for sure, the market increased. Now, in this moment, the market, uh, retail market, is uh, confused. But we have the <clears throat> the e-commerce that uh, showed to us the new generation of uh, people in the in, out there. Very skilled. They know everything. They are prepared. They are. They know what they want and uh, they are not afraid to buy online Uh, this is a very interesting uh, things to imagine i think for the future sorry to interrupt but at this
0: point in the pod you're probably wondering where are the ads i miss the ads and you're right there are no ads i hate ads if you'd like to buy me a coffee though you can go to buymeacoffee.com enter gumology and it's easy and uh yeah let's continue on um, would you like to talk a bit more about the design influences behind your brand?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, as I told you, main main influence come from, we could tell American tradition. American tradition was the main because uh, because um, if we talk again about uh, Massimo Hosti, we we remember he he an archive of, I don't know how much, thousand of pieces. And, and 90% was military uh, tailoring workwear. This was uh, the main things. All of us in this business, we have American tradition, military <laughs> workwear, uh, and this is generally the archives. So because of Perlui, that magazine I had uh, seen, offers this perspective of uh, American traditional seen by Italian eyes, for sure, my my main influence was this. I say that the blue blazer, chinos, uh, Timberland shoes, red wing uh, work shoes, uh, de- denim, of course, uh, was very interest- interesting. Um, classic outerwear, uh, every of this kind of uh, country style, no? Uh, Anglo-American influence was very important for me. At the same time, Growing in the 80s, I was really attracted how Giorgio Armani reproduced this feeling of the American tradition in Italy with a totally new concept. This was uh, unbelievable for me. I remember when I was young, I stay all the day, Saturday and Sunday, when my friend go to the discotheque, I have only, I don't know, few money in my pocket because I come from a very poor family. So. I don't have the money to, to go the car or the scooter or things like this. So I take the bus and I go to the closest town from my village. It was Padova. And there was Giorgio Armani stores. And I say all the day in the front of the window looking the mannequin. No? And with a, with a notice, I take every single thing that inspire me. Because I say, oh, this is a jacket, but this it's not classic. There, there's something different, no? And it was the, the shape of forever the, the, the feet. So this influence, the original traditional products, archive products, and Italian vision was really, really, really interesting. Another influence, I have to say honest, come from American uh, tradition seen by... Um, uh, modern designer. It was happening in the '80s too, end of '80s. There was two or three names, like Alexander Julian, Sal Cesarani, and some others. Especially Sal Cesarani. Not, I don't know if the people know this. Uh, this designer is, for me, is the is the most and is the 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 very most uh, uh, inspirational designer for me. From that generation. Salcesarani was another uh, designer that seen the American traditional product like, like uh, uh, Mr. Ralph Lauren do and translating tailoring uh, with his personal view. So, you know, you can see in his collection tweed, Oxford, regimental uh, uh, neckties, uh, uh, Chino trousers, but with another twist, modern, modern. And this kind of thing. Uh, believe me, totally influenced me. Because I remember every year, Luomo Vogue, another Italian uh, magazine, uh, created the USA Files. <laughs> USA Files was a book with all the American designer, And I still have here in my office, and you see how much they was advanced <laughs> with everything, with everything. So they make a, this casual influence of American design in a new, way, inner only few was no because the most known was uh, Calvin Klein, and uh, that was another generation. But the most known is Ralph Lauren, of course. They was after Ralph Lauren, but at the same time, very close to Ralph Lauren. It, they totally changed the American style. So apart from the original military, I love more Amer- uh, European military than American military. And I love more. Italian-European vintage workwear than American workwear. Uh, I think influence comes from this uh, fusion, from Italian view and modern American traditional. Very very interesting, very interesting story. There is a book, (laughs) very nice to remember, that is called Well-Dressed, something like this, full of this this, uh, uh, modern American design that, that, in the 80s, was modern. This uh, well-dressed book is uh, like a Bible for for me. Absolutely.
0: But when you're making your garments now, I believe it's all made locally to you. And you also use a lot of special fabrics. Fabrics, in some cases, I've never even heard of before, like tricotine.
1: Yes. Can you talk a bit about this? Yes. yes. We have have, uh, followed this pattern, Uh, first of all. To come back to the revenge, I want to use all that fabric that that was told me that they are not sellable. It was like a challenge. <laughs> so tricotine was one of the first of this. Every time I offer tricotine to the uh, to the company, when I was consultant, they say no, it's not sellable. I have to tell that in our collection it was the most sellable fabric of over the ten years we saw. <laughs> okay, to prove that sometimes. Uh, out there, the people is uh, ready for some product. It, we, we choose this path uh, to try to make f- different fabric because probably that mm, is interesting to know, uh, like a kind of, um, uh, how can I say, uh, besides the business, is fabrics now change a lot. Change a lot because uh, Italian-made fabric, especially Italian-made, because I mostly work with, 90% with Italian-made fabric, are uh, really expensive. Probably only luxury brands could work with this fabric. Because fabric in Italy, if they are really made in Italy, have a prices that can rise the, the, the end price of the product a lot. A lot, it means like luxury prices. On the other side, we have imported fabrics. So we have a fabric that come from uh, uh, Asian, or for example, Bangladesh, or for example, uh, China, uh, and other Far East uh, Asian countries, even Pakistan, even kind of Middle Eastern uh, areas. And they they are generally basic fabrics. I mean, twill, poplin, canvas, three or four types, they arrive in Italy, and mostly of the company, what they do? They finish here. They only dyed here, they make some treatment here to make maybe a special color or a special end. These fabrics are a little bit cheaper, but they are common fabrics. I mean, stretch gabardine, 90-80% cotton, 2% elastane, you cannot find their research. They are bulk fabric, normal price uh, three or four color available not so much color ready on the warehouse you have to collect but they are important fabric so if you are consistent with your uh, with your with your story you you want to use Italian fabric so even if we try to see every manufacturer every, uh, company that offer fabric. At, at the end, we have uh, start to work only with two or three, two or three fabric. For example, tricotting is not a new fabric. It's a fabric that comes from the sixties. In the sixties, in Italy, tricotting was used for uh, uh, raincoats, raincoats because it was very tight, it was compact, and uh, was used to make this kind of uh, you know like trench, no, <laughs> like trench. If, uh, in English, they use ventile. We use uh, Tricoting. It was possible to find uh, uh, with a coating for rain or natural. So this kind of fabric, I always heard it when I was young. Tricoting from my mother. My mother sell small roll of fabric and sometimes say, "Ah, this is nice tricoting. You can make a skirt. You can make a a vest." So in my brain, tricoting was always connected to utility, utility things. That is. uh, Good price, uh, very very resistant uh, for use, and so very good for workwear for military. Other fabric we have launched, for example, it was um, the the knit. The knit we have is 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 an amazing fabric. Uh, The story behind is 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 unbelievable. This man that make that fabric is, I think, about 80 years old. (laughs) The company is made only by him, his daughter, and two or three uh he, t- two or three people that work in the company it was uh, a man that have a big 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 company that uh, and, and and was in, in in a team with other owners at a certain time the, the other uh, owner the, the partners say to him we want to sell all the old machine because we want to start to produce uh, cheaper fabrics so he quit the relationship with them he keep the company the older machine and uh, give give the modern machine to them and because they say no i don't want to sell this obsolete machine because they make an amazing fabric i discovered him in a in a trade show and there was a small booth and uh, i see this fabric i say wow they are amazing i discovered they was close to me and uh, i go to visit them and i show i would like to reproduce the original uh, English pattern, like tweed, like herringbone, like a poule in knit. And he's he doing this for me. Uh, the fabric at the beginning is like a tricot. It's like a knit. And then after a process of steam, and particular uh, shrinking process, it started to be like two meters, but at the end of process became one meters and 30, so it shrink a lot, so imagine how much it costs, because you use only a very, very small part. This is one of the reasons the, uh, the, the jacket is expensive. is a, a, a fabric that is really hard to, <laughs> to, to sell for them, because nobody wants to buy. It's too expensive. But uh, you know we are smaller. We can manage a little bit our margin. We want to do only the best, uh, so we can offer at, a, at, a, at the correct price. But this fabric was unbelievable. Another fabric uh, we have established in this se- in two or three seasons ago uh, with a company uh, in the in the area of Vicenza is uh, uh, is uh, our big check. Big check is another amazing fabric we have on selling. is um, a fabric made of linen wool, and there is a process using a little percentage of nylon. And when they finish the fabric. The different shrinking of uh, the tree yarn create a crease effect on the fabric that is incredible. Look like an uh, old uh, wool jacket that you have stored maybe in a box. When you you take uh, the the wool is all shrinked, but the the softness and the and the result is amazing. And with this company we have invented the uh, non denim project. <laughs> so the, the 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 idea was how to offer something that is uh, consistent with our idea of innovation, but is uh, even consistent with our uh, passion for denim. And uh, we try checking denim, because we even do five or six years ago. Even right now, we have an interesting offering on the site of our archive Indigo collection. But uh, look in the market, we say, oh my God, everybody's doing denim now, no, again. <laughs> There is the original Japanese, there is the newcomers, there is uh, the, uh, the, the big, the tall, the oversized, the small. Uh, no, we don't want to make that. We want to, to try to do something different. So we create a fabric that is called starting from a serge. Serge is a kind of twill, irregular twill that I have in my archive from a military work jacket. We start with this serge and we, we produce it with cotton and hemp. And the blue is not indigo, but is a reactive dyed blue, so didn't fade. So the look is like a jeans. It be you can have the same effect of jeans when it's worn, so became soft, became but didn't fade. It's a modern approach of jeans. This is our approach to fabrics. Try to offer something different, something new. We have another little area. It's interesting. We have a. Uh, Some Japanese fabric that come from uh, uh, Japan, Osaka area, they are, uh, I call it the basics. For example, uh, uh, military satin, military herringbone. Uh, We use the cotton nylon from Japan. Uh, So fabric that is uh, uh, more connected to the authentic products. Japanese are the best in the world to reproduce it. So you are sure if you buy a herringbone cotton from the Japanese market, Exactly, the military airing bone taken from a uh, vintage uh, cloth. So, it's good. The, the service is uh, very good. The quality is top of the range. And, uh, uh, OK, it's not cheaper, but uh, they can fill the needs of basic products. So, this is another source we have Japanese fabric. So, Italian and Japanese mostly. And a lot of research, of course.
0: Now you mentioned briefly now the the non denim range. Now I have been quite frustrated myself at five pocket jeans being again and again and again. Uh, so w- what is different about your non denim
1: denim range? Yes, yes, yes. Now we we have a, as I told you it was a challenge because uh, for me that I was always a passionate denim lover. <laughs> it was a uh, it was hard, not to not to uh, follow the uh, how can I say follow the the um, the trend uh, to offer some jeans, uh, some Salvage jeans, uh, some you know this kind of bib overall that everybody is doing with big pocket, no, uh, that uh, somebody launches uh, that everybody copies. So we 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 ask ourselves uh, how we can change, uh, how we can we can talk to a new generation that uh, could have all the denim they want in this moment. So probably they are tired of this. What we can try to offer them another perspective. Because look, be, be very careful in this. You want? Do you want original denim? You have to buy vintage denim. There is no any other option. If you want to buy an original five pockets with the fit, with the details. With the quality of the, f- you have to search vintage. And vintage, you have to be ready to pay some price, because now there's nothing around. It's not like when I was young, when you can buy 501 five, double X big E for fifty euro <laughs> in a market. That's salvage. I still have three or four here in my office. Now you pay one thousand euro for them. So, if you are looking okay. for this, <laughs> yes, if you are looking for that kind of product. The original, if you want to be original denim, you have to buy this. And it needs knowledge, it needs time, it needs money, and this is the part of the collectors. Other, there is replica jeans. Replica jeans, the Japanese are, they are the best. They are the best. They can replicate exactly the original vintage uh, fabric. The orig- they, they bought all the looms. Uh, they have knowledge. They study the patterns. The detail, that even is not new because they do this forty years ago. When everybody making fashion jeans, they still try to reproduce it, the original. So they are the best. You cannot compete. Uh, what's the meaning to compete with them? Also, we have brands that make jeans in their collection. So they make some offer some jeans in their collection. Is a jeans. Uh, uh five pocket they try to offer the chino the work jacket and so on even there it's hard to compete so we said firstly start from the fabric the first the first denim it was called serge de nim serge de nim da nim from nim this was the original fabric serge is a twill the nim from nim, so we start from the search. This was the reason we use search because search is the original woven for the cloth. Uh, after this, we say we want to give uh, the comfort of wearing this. Problem we we want to give the comfort to wear with other part of the collection. I want the people can wear a white shirt in hemp without a dirty with the indigo. I want to wear my tailored uh, uh, trousers with a a work jacket that didn't bleed and didn't uh, uh, lose the color for that product, especially for the the next collection that is really tailored, the Spring Summer 2022, that is coming in January. So we decided to use this reactive dye, And the third was the design. We have some. You you own the the Wonder Vest now. You own you own the Wonder Vest. You have seen the quality of the pockets, how they are made, the concept of keeping flat but ever expandable uh, po- uh, possibilities and so on. We have translate our style in that line. So we use the pocket of Wonder Vest. Is the is the vest I'm wearing, but in a asymmetric way. For example, one side from from one. In one position, the other side, another pocket. Some uh, <clears throat> customer tell me, "Ah, wh- why you use asymmetric?" I tell, "Look, the original denim type one jacket has the asymmetric <laughs> pocket. So it's not something we invent. It's part of the heritage of denim. Asymmetric position is original denim. It's not fashion denim. So uh, we have, uh, in some way, reproduce all the icon- icons of the original denim in a." Totally new version. For example, our our five pocket will be incredible because the feet come from our tactical trousers. That is a cargo, so it's a more bigger. It has a chink to uh, to uh, change the waist. It has a pocket position a little bit bigger. Uh, the shape is a little bit of, uh, um, more comfortable. The our uh, work jacket is a uh, completely different from a work jacket like the original traditional, you know, char jacket. is a uh, is a uh, with a symmetric pocket, a big pockets. It's, uh, it's uh, something new. It's a leader capsule, three pieces for men, two pieces for woman. Very essential, but for sure, it's something different. <laughs> we had a good result in uh, front the retails, and we expect to have a good result even. When will be available on the store because for sure it's something that uh, nobody has in their wardrobe so for sure they will be interested to, to see ah it, there is a very important aspect even we have a it's about sustainability sustainability now is a very important matter you know everybody's talking about uh, we don't claim about sustainability, our company is sustainable. It is, uh, you know a lot of greenwashing even, uh, everybody is now sustainable. So we don't want to claim any kind of sustainability. For us, sustainability is uh, start from the, the way you work, not only because you buy uh, organic fabric. The way you work is the first sustainability act you can do. The way you work is not overproduce. First of all, because there's no need to overproduce. The more you produce, the less you pay the product. So many companies launch 2,000 pieces uh, to pay 30% less, but they only sell 300. Where they go, the other 1,300? They pollute. So we don't overproduce. We produce only what we sell. It's a pity because uh, sometimes in the store, the size... uh, Quit every in the in in one day everything is sent and the people want tomorrow we don't have, but we say we sell only what we we produce only what we sell first part of our sustainability philosophy second philosophy is honesty <laughs> this is very important there is a lot of company that tell I am sustainable but they didn't pay the supplier <laughs> they pay later so this is not sustainability this is uh, against sustainability, because you have to care your supplier. You have to be honest with them. You have to sus- to be uh, loyal with them, because they work for you. So the the woman or the guys that stitch my clothes, I want they have their money at the end of the month. I don't want the company say, ah, this mo- this season, I pay you next month, because ma- many retailers are doing this. But it's not uh, sustainability. Is not sust- sustainability is honesty. Secondly, third is try to reduce the impact of the fabric of the yarn. This is the reason why we use a lot of hemp, a lot of wool, a lot of linen. They they are biodegradable, so you is a is a fabric that disappear after the end cycle. Uh, hemp doesn't need water or very little water to grow better than cotton. Is also a feb- um, uh, very, uh, very um, easy to produce. Uh, and this is a very not another important aspect. So source fabric from reliable manufacturers that are correct with their owners, the yarn, the process. So honesty, again. Secondly, thirdly, sorry, we start even in labeling. We start producing label in recycled polyester. The button of the uh, denim line, you see, now we are seeing this button, is a a totally new uh, technology, a very interesting technology. This company, of course, an Italian company, make this button with recycled steel, recycled steel. So they use the waste of their production to produce the new button. They use the waste of production of steel from cars, from uh, a washing machine, and they collect this uh, steel they rework and they produce their steel for their button the finishing is maybe only with natural product for example for making the finish of the button, they use mice <laughs> the 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 waste of the mice you know the mice inside they have this kind of uh, of uh um, the yeah. yes they use this so this is 100 sustainable steel button it's not producing Country, when they pollute the river, they pollute. They use uh, chemical. So, this kind of sustainability is a small act. It's not to tell uh, my sustainability. I use uh, solar uh, energy. N- I don't believe in this. I believe in the small acts every day, using material honesty, loyalty. Um, be at the side of your uh, supplier. For example, during the COVID. Some of our suppliers need some money because some big company didn't pay them. (laughs) It's unbelievable to think. But the big names, very big names, didn't pay them. Didn't say, there is COVID. We didn't pay you because we don't know. Keep my products. I don't want to collect until the situation is not clear. Or I can collect but 80% discount. (laughs) So sometimes they come to us. please, could you give me some money in advance? Of course. You are my partner. You help me and I want to help you. (laughs) This for me is really sustainability. Not only say mm, some nice words about sustainability, but uh, sustainability start from this small act, for example. Finding this manufacturing company for the buttons for us was very hard. We paid this button 10,000 the price of a normal steel button, but this is, the guarantee of having a product that is really sustainable and is proven <laughs> it's proven because we can prove this with technical sheets and uh, and everybody could go to them we, we've written the name of the company in our uh, in our communication so if somebody wants to contact them they can contact so it's very this is very important so the the, the new non-dining product is a totally new concept even in this way we start to use more sustainable f- fabric, more sustainable accessories, and uh, this is also an important aspect of the product.
0: Now, something I wanted to talk to you sort of towards the end now. Um, you use uh, you use your non you use corduroy, you use tricotine wool. I would even say that you're a big part in making tweed cool again. Yes but you also make sure that everything sort of fits together. It's all part of one wardrobe. And I think you have some philosophy around that. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Uh, this is uh, something that we call the value of a product. The value of a product is exactly the possibility when you buy something that could match what you have in your wardrobe, that you could use this product for a long time that is not uh, that has not a kind of end date in some way to do this first of all we build our collection starting from fabrics that have a kind of uh, possibility to be coordinated together so when you mention for example tweed uh, in volna uh, the knit tweed is because knit tweed you can match with denim you can match with corduroy you can match military you can match with everything you have in your wardrobe or you want to have from first pattern. So this is one of the very important things. The second thing is that they come from the, mm. the original tradition product that we have done. Now, when we talk about tweed, when I told you that I tell to the man <laughs> of the knit company, translate the tweed in knit, it was exactly this. Try to translate a classic fabric in a modern version. And. Uh, when we start to design the collection, we always have in mind five or six uh, staples, no, five or six iconic fabrics. And if you see one of our mood boards, it's interesting because we put at the top original fabrics. Had the, the second level is made of, and if we write be oh, how I see this in a new way, <laughs> and we and after we put our test. Now that is the different way. But the result is a a different version of the original uh, authentic fabric. So five or six things you can match together, even if they are, uh, for example, the big check. Big check is an example. And in the shirts, also, we have this process. Look, if you look at the the shirts we have in the collection now, you could find very iconic fabric. Now, there is the iron bone. There is the flannel check. There is the black watch. You know, for example, this three, there is the polka dot. They are very classic and institutional fabric. But if you go a little deep into them, you, you can match all them together, for example. But at the same time, if you look, the black watch is not a black watch. It's a different, totally different design. We we withdraw one color from the original. You, you see, I have a vintage shirt here. Is a... Is a black watch, is a blue, white, and green. No, <laughs> the it, black watch generally is three color, uh, the authentic one. But there is several patterns, but the most known is a tree. So we withdraw one color. Instead, we make a popling, we make a herringbone uh, seersucker. You say, wow, it's complicated. Herringbone and seersucker together. Why? Why? Because it was uh, different. You buy a, a shirt. You receive something that you never seen. If you check, for example, the, the flannel, you will be incredibly astonished when you touch it because you say, what kind of flannel is this? Is I never saw. Yes, it's impossible to sew because nobody buys one double twist 50/2 yarn count that is the most thinner to make a flannel. Generally, the flannel is the opposite. The flannel is a poor fabric brushed to make the felt. So it's cheaper. We we start to the opposite. We take a luxury fabric that looks very shine when it's not brushed, and we micro-brush to obtain a flannel that is unbelievably light, but super soft. And the third, the polka dot, or the, the polka dot is a chacard. It's not printed, for example. And this is a rich fabric. And the herringbone. We, we, we have some herringbone shirts here that are from the uh, archives. And we talked with our sh- uh, fabric manufacturer, and he said to me, Cristiano, the best way to do this is recycled cotton. Because recycled cotton has this kind of irregular uh, thickness that creates the, the, exactly the effect that you want. The only difference is that the original workwear was made in poor cotton. Because they was uh, very rough uh, and they have to long lasting. This is uh, more uh, thinner recycled cotton, Italian made. So look a little look look old, but is new and and with a new softness. So three or four fabric, but they match perfectly: corduroy, tweed, uh, knit, and uh, the denim. So the collection of first part, always think a uh, buyer. Uh, about customer that uh, build his wardrobe with our products and never feel that something is old or could not match the new product. In fact, we have uh, some customer from mm-hmm. Japan that have uh, the early collection, 10 years ago, still they wear and still they say to me, look like uh, today, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, dated. It's uh, perfectly good today and I can use with your new fabric, with your new style, with your new shirt. And this is for me, the value of a product, not only by the brand, not because it, the money you pay should be consistent with the product you buy against the name or you have on the label. You have to be able to go deep in the detail. You have to be able to go deep to learn if what is told by the designer, by the brand is true or not. Is true or not. This is why we always say, call me, send me email, send me message. If you want to know more, don't be afraid to ask, because maybe you expect something. But until we are small, until we are me and Sylvia only, we could do this. I don't uh, hide to you this uh, little secret. Uh, we was contacted sometime from uh, big companies that want to Buy the brand, uh, launch a brand, but um, in this moment we always prefer try to uh, to find a partner that is uh, able to respect our product. You know, so try to create a new a new company when our knowledge, our experience could be at the service of a bigger company to uh, maintain the roots of the brand. And this is something that could happen, could happen because the interest for us is uh, very interesting in this moment. And uh, many of these uh, new generation uh, companies are interested to find the brand that have their story, their uh, ethic, their knowledge, not only the name, not only how much you sell. So it's a value. Uh, we are sure that the term value is uh, is very important in, in this uh, moment of the of the of the market and, and of the products around tell the value of a product then and explain why some products are expensive is very important not to mentioning that of because the covid the price increase of 30 40% in yarns fabric increase 40 50% and manufacturing increase even more than 50% this is something we have to face in future because for sure sometimes the people say why is so expensive even the last year, we pay our product 30%, 30% more than the previous season. We didn't charge this to the final customer, of course, because they have bought the price at the beginning of the year. So I mean I mean to the retailers. But we paid 30% more, some items, because everything is increased. There is a lack of yarn. There is a lack of uh, luxury, luxury yarn, like hemp, uh, like linen, like wool. Uh, manufacturing is complicated because, in Italy especially, is decrease the the workers. There is no workers, so price increase, 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 and in the last two years it was unbelievable. So many want to go in Portugal, want to go in the Mediterranean area, like Turkey, like Morocco, like this kind of place, East European. Try to produce at a cheaper price. I don't know what's happened. To be honest, we we are confident that um, after the COVID start to disappear, the demand a decrease of products, and so the price start again to be uh, affordable. But in this moment, and for all the two thousand twenty two, we don't know what's happened to the price. We don't know what's happened, and for sure it will reflect to the final customer. But it's not. Uh, the money of a company is the money of the uh, of the system in this moment the business of fashion because the yarn because the manufacturing is very very hard to 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 sustain in this moment we we try to do the best
0: <laughs> yeah um you mentioned earlier something about um the entire concept of brands now I very much enjoy uh, your labels and your notebooks and your graphical profile, which to me is quite different from most other brands. At least, could you say something about that?
1: Yes, this this is uh, comes from my I think uh, uh, world vision of a brand because I this is another experience I had when I was uh, um, assistant designer. We we have uh, this office and when we we ask, for example, to graphic design office, external graphic design, to design the labels for our customer or to design a, a logotype for sweatshirts. They always browse something we didn't like <laughs> because they was not uh, into the fashion. No, they was a graphic designer. So they was more focused on the font on this. This, but probably could not. They don't know nothing about vintage labels. They don't know nothing about the heritage uh, a traditional brand. so my boss tell me Cristiano, are you able we, because you was a mechanical designer are you able to do graphics? I say why not I try. So I take a lot of books I talk vintage uh, vintage items um, and study how they make the label and I learned that is not only graphic is the manufacturing they are made. And this is very important. Everybody is good to design a, a, a very nice label the difference is how do you made this label and this is the real different to change we, we recently we had a company that copy one of our labels, totally copy we have a, in our label is write uh, treviso italy they write firenze italy it's exactly the same uh, of course this label start from a military uh, field jacket or military items no So everybody could take the. But if you look the way our is made and the way their label is made, you see the totally difference. I don't tell here the secrets we have beside this, because they copy even the manufacturing. (laughs) But I want to tell that one part of our impressive um, approach to graphic is come from the manufacturing. So this is the first. The second is. I don't try to replicate the graphic of vintage clothes. I try to uh, use uh, my experience uh, from my uh, from my um, from the history. Now, so I learned that you can use uh, some font, you can use uh, some uh, space from the from the uh, characters, you can use uh, some uh, uh, positioning of the lettering, and in this way, uh, you could uh, build one particular, uh, how can I say, proportions, particular proportion. So now uh, we are also working on a new concept in our labeling that is called a specification. We are more, for example, we have enhanced the category of the product instead of the name of the brand. Somebody say it's crazy, no? Because you you underline in in little the name of the brand and you enlarge the category of the product. This is another different approach. I don't want to to be a bigger first pattern. I prefer first pattern is like a signature of a category. So we are shirt specification, need specification. The new denim we call utility specification. So categories instead of brand, to enhance the category of the product, the quality of the product. And the second, I have to say that um, we have have tried to, to use the label in in a, in a soft uh, way to the product because there was age that the more label you have on the product, <laughs> the more the more the product is rich, you no? Know? Uh, so there was a lot of people that put. The, we we start with two or three label, but now we are making one 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 or two maximum label on the product, but of the top quality, and the, I told you with the recycled polyester and so on. So. Mm, the graphic approach is uh, exactly what we was looking for at the beginning. Try to, uh, to offer a different uh, look, not the replica look, not, the, not to pretend to show a fake heritage uh, story, but to show a very clear, easy to understand, and a uh, minimalist uh, design. It was the concept of our graphic.
0: Okay, um, in closing, Cristiano, is there anything you'd like to mention? Anything
1: coming up? Anything happening? Uh, I think we have talked about the most important things. I am happy you asked me about the new jeans line or non jeans, non denim. <laughs> I'm happy to to talk with you. What we are uh, uh, what we are doing for the next season is uh, uh, there, there is a new uh, a new category. We are making m- some more basic products that in coming from Spring Summer 2022, you, you could find in the, in the store. They are only for the, the e-store, so there's something reserved for our final customer. We have launched a new cargo trouser. We have launched a new work jacket and a new vest. This is the new for Spring Summer 2022, you could find in the, in the store. And uh, we are sure this new products will be very interesting Part of utility specification, and who uh, knows? <laughs> we are waiting for see what's happening in the market and uh, how much the people could be in touch with us. This is very important. Stay in touch with the people, understand what they their needs, and uh, try to tell to them the most, the most we can to to tell the story. Because uh, uh, I think it's very important they know everything. Before to buy something that is not cheaper and that is uh, uh, is not uh, so uh, fast fashion, <laughs> like uh, we are used to have every day in our in our Instagram feed.
0: Okay, I almost forgot uh, the question I've been asking everyone this season of yeah. Gomology. Um, part of the sustainability focus. Um, the focus on being better consumers has been buy better, buy less. And I feel that part of that is also buy clothes that you really love, enjoy. And I have been asking people about how do you go about making clothes that people will love and appreciate? Do you have any
1: thoughts there? How to make people's uh... <laughs> they really like it's it. tricky yes it's tricky it's <laughs> tricky I think uh, as I told you I think the people out there is uh, it never happened that they are so skilled I think the people out there know probably more than us designer because they are informed the people that is able to f- spend 600 euro for a jacket like a first pattern knit jacket or 350 euros for a pants, It's people with the knowledge. It's people know very well the product. So I think the best way to make something that the people want and appreciate is to do what you feel. <laughs> if I do what I feel, if I do what I like, if I do what I believe in it, I am sure this will be the best product for them. Because if you do what you feel, if you do at the best of your knowledge, with the best fabric with the unique design with the special detail and you are trustable in this you are doing something that the people will like for sure because i'm sure the people that come to our store is the knowledge people is the people that is skilled know everything and know so it's not complicated for me me and sylvia when we design something we don't think to do something for somebody we we try to do something that we like and at the same time we could really tell to the customer this is what we feel because it has a story the story we told is the uh, guarantee that is something that for sure will be liked by the people because if the people is looking for something without uh, uh some story behind is not our customer is not our customer so it's not complicated to do this uh, making something for the people like because every designer if he's consistent with yourself if he's uh, able to invest try uh make test lose money uh make prototype and uh, believe in what we do, for sure that is is something that the people like. This is my opinion.
0: Okay. Thank you very much for being my guest today, Cristiano. And
1: uh, goodbye. Thank you, Nick, for uh, having uh, me in your uh, in your uh, podcast. Again, it's, it was an honor for me. Uh, you are one of the most knowledgeable uh, uh, people I follow on Instagram and every of your pictures since when you make this amazing picture with two of you or three of you. I don't know how you do <laughs> this because I'm not a technological <laughs> expert, but it's unbelievable. I still be catched by this picture and uh, your style is unique, your knowledge too, and uh, I have a lot of admiration for what you do. And uh, again, thanks for, for asking me this question and to be, to be in your show. Thanks a lot. And to the people that listen this podcast. Again, thanks and for listening to me, my bad English, and my too much talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. You. Bye-bye. Goodbye.
0: And that was all for this week's episode of Gomology, a podcast about clothes and stuff. My guest this week was Cristiano Berto from the brand First Pattern, which is spelt one uh You can find them on Instagram as First Pattern. You can find them on the web as firstpattern.com. I recommend checking them out. They're good. And um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, the host, Nick Johannesson, my email address is welldresseddad at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram as welldresseddad. You can follow the pod on Instagram as Gormology Podcast. You can also find my blog at welldressedad.com. And I know, it's predictable. There's only so many domains available. If you'd like to support the pod, get in touch. Send me an email. Give me your opinions. Just welldressedad at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And um, there'll be a new pod next week as well. Though we will shortly be taking a break. So, until then, bye-bye.